Welcome to Suddenly Seeking Homeschooling, a podcast for unexpected homeschoolers who never considered homeschooling, but find themselves doing just that. Each week, we'll talk about the challenges and joys of homeschooling with a few practical tips thrown in. I'm your host, Kim. Welcome to our show today. I am here with Ashley from the Homeschool Resource Room. Welcome, Ashley. Thanks so much for having me, Kim. We are so glad to have you today. So we're going to go ahead and jump in and get started. Like I said, you um, have your own website called the Homeschool Resource Room. So before we get into your resources that you have to offer homeschoolers, I want to talk a little bit about your own homeschooling journey. So what led you to homeschooling to begin with? Well, it's kind of funny because I, uh, I think of myself as an accidental homeschooler. It wasn't an accident that we started, but when I started thinking about homeschooling and researching, I didn't know a single other homeschooler. Like I had never even met one. And, you know, there's some stereotypes that go along with homeschooling. So I was a little bit nervous. So my son was in preschool at the time and he was a bit of a square peg, which later we learned that he was both autistic and gifted. So square and then also round and then square again and then an octagon um but i could just tell that sending him to public school was not going to work he wasn't able to stay in a seat he wasn't interested in what the other kids were learning he just wanted to dump sand on his head most days and this was at you know almost five years old when the kids are kind of on board with whatever the teacher's saying. So I had some heart to hearts with his teachers who were actually really supportive of homeschooling. Um, One of his teachers actually brought her middle schooler home that same year. So we kind of looked into it and thought, we can do this. So we brought him home. And how did it look when you brought him home? Was it you know, an easy transition? Did you try something and it immediately started working? How did the journey kind of evolve? Well, um, we took a couple months off because it was nearing summertime. So that was the main priority at that time for me was researching and planning. So I did a huge amount of research into secular homeschool because, you know, I felt like Stepping into homeschool was like stepping into a different world. I didn't realize that people were bringing their kids home in order to teach them creationism so that they didn't learn about evolution at school. It was like blowing my mind. Um, So I really started digging into secular homeschooling. And then I really started looking at all different kinds of curriculum and making these big plans and our uh, routines and everything. So when it actually came to start homeschooling, I was very regimented for about 15 minutes. And then I realized that none of that was going to work. I did have good curriculum on hand, so that was good. But um, eventually we just kind of fell into a rhythm where, you know, we, we followed his interests. We had the curriculum to back that up. And it took a little bit of time, but it ended up, his kindergarten year ended up being one of my favorite years, maybe of all time. And that was with two little ones underfoot and a baby. So it was tough. 
Now, I want to back up a little bit because um, I think it's important for our listeners to know you were a public school educator yes. prior to this. How do you think that impacted your choices and your planning and your execution early on? Well, one thing I think that I was lucky enough to have after teaching elementary school, because I taught K through five art and then first and second grade um, for five years. But I went into homeschooling knowing that I had the academic side nailed down. I had taught kids to read. I had taught them their numbers. So I had that kind of confidence going in, which I think really gave me a leg up on homeschooling as a whole, especially going into it as a secular homeschooler and feeling like, I mean, we didn't have a community to join in our area at that time. And um, there wasn't a whole lot of resources either. So the one thing that I knew I could do was, you know, teach my son how to read and how to add. And then I, we kind of just went from there. I mean, I really feel like the education that I have behind uh, my public school and the working with all different kinds of kids and kind of finding what works with kids really set me up to be in a good place. All right. So my next question is you talked about interest led. So for you and your family, what does that look like? Well, I call it interest led, but we are almost always curriculum supported. My kids have many interests from gardening to Hatchimals. <laughs> Not all of it turns into homeschooling, but I do take what they're interested in into consideration. And I think that's important to get them to buy in a little bit. So when we start our homeschool year, usually at the beginning, but sometimes in the middle too, um, I sit down and I talk to them about what they're interested in learning. And it always surprises me what they say. One year, my son decided that he was going to learn like 10 different languages. He wasn't really interested in anything else, but he wanted to learn Spanish, Hebrew, Arabic, Chinese, Mandarin. I mean, he was coming up with languages I didn't even know. I'd never heard of them before. So that kind of inspires me to find materials that they can use that will inspire them and, and get them to really engage in the learning. So you use the word inspiration. Do you have any tips for our listeners about how to motivate and or inspire your kids? Uh, um, yes, but I don't know if everybody's going to like this. <laughs> I think I think sometimes you have to do a little extra work and other times you have to trick them. I think that um, getting them to be engaged is a balance of taking what they like adding your own enthusiasm and, you know, really modeling that interest. So it takes a little bit of effort. And your kids are what ages or what ages when you started homeschooling? When we started homeschooling, my oldest was five and then I had a one and two year old. And now they are five, my youngest, my daughter just turned seven and my oldest is nine. You've had lower and upper elementary kids at this point. 
Yeah. How do you anticipate your approach changing as they move into middle and or even high school? You know, I'm I'm not against public school. I love public school teachers. Since we began, we moved into a better district that can really meet more of our needs. So my kids have been in public school. I've had them in and out with the new pandemic. We're not sure whether anybody's going or everybody's staying home this coming year. We're kind of pushing that to the last second. But all my kids kind of need different things. My daughter, the middle child, is so social. My youngest child needs a lot of structure. So I'm not, you know, against taking my oldest and, and putting him back in school if he needs to be there. But, you know, that's to be seen. As far as my approach changing as they get older, I think the support that you need to give a five-year-old is a lot different than the support you need to give a nine-year-old. He's becoming more independent. I can mostly trust him to do his work independently, although I do have to look over his shoulder quite a bit. It just, it changes. Their needs change. And with that, I try to adjust my teaching style or our learning style to meet everybody's needs as closely as possible. You know, it's not always feeling like a trip to Disney World, although I guess that's arguable. Uh, <laughs> the, white, as well. the white carpet Instagram account. Yes. It's not all white carpets and no spills. It's messy. Sometimes yes. very messy. Tell us a little bit about why you developed your blog um, and the resources you have in it. Well, how did that come to be? Sure. Um. So as I said earlier, we didn't know any other homeschoolers when we started, and I really felt like I was on an island without a community to join. So we wouldn't sign a statement of faith, so we couldn't join the homeschoolers in our area. My family was like, you're gonna what now? <laughs> they, were, they were supportive, but tentatively so. So I started my blog as a hobby to kind of share what we were doing and just say, hey, you know, this is what we're doing, and we're having fun, and we're learning, and just kind of show people the highlights of, of homeschooling, because everybody thought, you know, that I was getting ready to buy a farm and start riding a goat instead of driving a car, which is not what happened at all. I'm just like the same person. As I built my website, I started getting feedback from, you know, readers that, they were so thankful for my advice on one curriculum or the other, or readers that were so excited to find a website that was secular. Even up till now, I just had a reader email me yesterday, and she said it, it was so hard for her to find any secular materials. And I just, I've been researching them for five years. So I know what they are, but people who are just starting out, it's really difficult to find good resources and it's hard to find a community. So as I saw the need and, you know, really that I, I had kind of the power to help people really kind of feel this strange new homeschool thing out. That's, that's how it came to be. The name of this podcast is Suddenly Seeking Homeschooling. And we have a lot of listeners who did not ever think they would be homeschoolers, but now they are. So 
what advice would you offer them as they unexpectedly homeschool? I would say when you're starting out, it doesn't all have to be planned down to every single second. It's funny how homeschooling kind of opens up your time space. Suddenly you don't have to rush to get everybody ready in the morning and rush to go this place and rush to do that place and cram for tests. It really, time just kind of expands and you have the time to ease into those new routines. You have the time to adjust your schedule and be flexible. You have the time to go places, you know, if you're not on lockdown. So I would say for new homeschoolers just getting into it, take a breath, try not to panic, or at least keep it like low level panic because there's other people doing this out there. There's a community for you out there. It's just, it takes time. It takes time to get into it and it takes time to find your people. One last question. For those people who know they are short-term homeschooling, so they know they are returning their kids to public or private school at some point, since you are someone that moves your kids in into and out of school, can you tell us um, some tips or advice for those specific set of new homeschooling parents? Yeah, I really feel like not enough credit goes to the short-term homeschooler community. I mean, these are people who, especially right now, but frequently are, are pulling their kids out for different reasons. Not because they've always wanted to be a homeschooler and they think it's so wonderful, but because they are trying to give their kids what they need right now. And whether that's getting your kids from a, away from a bullying situation or, I don't know, getting them into a different kind of routine so that they can thrive and focus on what's important to them, even older kids who are on you know, a special track and have like a special kind of career, sports, art, something like that. I mean, taking the kids out of school is not easy. And I think it's important to leave that door open. You might love homeschooling. You might decide that, hey, this is the right thing for my kids. This is the right thing for me. Or it might be a struggle. It might be a struggle. And often it is. And so leave that open to, you know, go back in and just just try to find out what your kids need and how much you can give them. Tell our listeners where they can find you. My website is thehomeschoolresourceroom.com. You might find me if you Google secular homeschool or anything like that. Um, I have a guide that is right now the most comprehensive guide to secular homeschool curriculum. I don't make a curriculum. So this is just me putting together all the resources I've found in the last five years. So come and find us. If you need something, shoot me an email. I am so happy to help, especially right now. I feel like people really need it. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for sharing your time and your expertise with us today. Um, it's been great to have you. Thanks, Kim. This was really fun. Right, thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on Suddenly Seeking Homeschooling. Check us out on Instagram or Facebook at The Learning Hypothesis for more information on homeschooling and how to customize your unique approach to education. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode. 
See you next week. <laughs>